I want to take some time this morning to talk about some of the challenges that arise in our practice. We can sit up here and give you instructions, you know, pay attention to your breath or listen to sounds or feel this places in your body. But you may have noticed that other things come in and interrupt or seem to make it more difficult to follow what seem like simple instructions. But I like that phrase, simple, but not easy. So some of the things that, I'll name some of the mm, challenges that can arise. And one of the important themes you'll hear as I talk is that every challenge that arises is a challenge, even a obstruction when we don't see it, when we're in its grip. But as soon as we turn around and face it, go, oh, this is what's happening, then it's no longer um, an obscuration or a difficulty. Now it's just what's happening. So the, the turn is the important movement. So to start with the first example, the, one of the things that can arise as we're sitting is wanting, particularly wanting something of the, that's more pleasant for our bodies and minds. And this is, sometimes it's described as what we really want is to have all six of our sense gates having a pleasant experience all the time. And if that's not what's happening, we are underneath, have this certain wanting of that to be. So, you know, it may be that you're sitting and the simple, the wanting comes up of if only I could hear that bell, then everything would be okay. Or the wanting of the everything to be still, the wanting the body to be comfortable. Wanting to match our experience with some idea we have of what our experience should be. Have you ever noticed this? We all, we often wander around with a virtual reality of this is what my reality is supposed to look like. And we're comparing the reality we're having with this one that we want. And to begin to notice that, oh, look, I'm wanting it to look like this. And this is what it's like. So the moment we turn and feel that, and it can be just the, the very minor things. I think a good example given yesterday and what I understand about today would be heat. You might notice that the heat comes up and you go, oh, I want it to be cool. I want, and 
if you can turn and go, oh yeah, there's wanting it to be different. There's wanting not to have this sensation. And then get curious. What is the actual sensation that you're having? What is it like to feel the warmth on your skin? What is it like to feel little beads if, you're, if the sweat begins? What is it like inside? And being curious about what's here. And you may, before you even get there, need to be really curious about, wow, I notice how much I really want a cool breeze. And being, oh yeah, this is wanting. This is wanting. It can be very helpful to give a name to it. Ah, wanting. Sometimes the wanting shows up in the way of entertainment in our mind. You know, whether it's about lunch or something after the retreat or whatever. And it's like, oh yeah, look at that. There's this wanting something in there. So the flip side of it, and it can go back and forth, is not wanting aversion. So the wanting a cool breeze can also just have the flip side of not wanting the heat. Like, I don't like this. I don't want this. And you can feel that aversion sometimes really building up. A place that this can really build that we've been talking about is like if you have a strong physical pain and you start getting to that point where it's the main experience is aversion and it's so helpful to name it to like go oh yeah there's the physical pain but the really intense suffering here is the aversion is the not wanting this And as Anne walked us through yesterday, we can work with it. You know, we can like feel the, dis- actually get in there and feel the nitty gritty of the discomfort and move away from it. And then when it's time, when we notice that all that's happening, aversion, 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 just go, wow, this isn't skillful. I'm just locked into aversion. I need to move. And then very silently, very slowly, just shifting your position Now, not all aversions can be solved by simply shifting a position. Those in some ways are the easiest. So aversion can come up, you know, maybe the person beside you, you know, wore the wrong socks today for your mind, you know, and you just get into a little twist about how that's not okay. I'm using a silly example, but it's amazing, isn't it, what our minds can get stuck on? And that when our mind gets stuck in those loops, it's really helpful to just name it. Oh, I'm having an aversion attack. I know what this is. And you can literally feel it in your body. This is so helpful. Feel how there's this, like a little bit of clenching of some sort, some kind of like urge to push something away. It can be a very visceral feeling. And you can notice as you go through the day, if you have aversion, you have wanting, you can feel the wanting uh, 
some kind of leaning, some kind of pulling, and the aversion is this pushing. And this is where sometimes our bodies can give us so much information, like we don't even quite pick up on it, what's happening in our mind. But if we pay attention to the body, we can feel, oh, I'm pretty clenched, what's going on? Sometimes I ask myself the question, what's here that I'm not paying attention to? What's here that I'm not paying attention to? What's kind of... Sometimes we can have a whole mood, like a set of glasses, we're looking at things that's flavoring everything and we're not even noticing the glasses. Another one of the challenges that may come up for us is restlessness, right? Just feeling agitated. The restlessness can come in um, two components that sometimes often interact, but may have different feels to them. One is restlessness of the body, and the other is restlessness of the mind. Restlessness of the mind often shows up as worry, as planning. Anybody have planning mind? It's one of my personal favorites. Um, The mind, and there's like a kind of restless energy, like planning this, plan, I'm going to take care of that, I need to do that. And then you can often feel it move into the body. You know, worry does this too. But, you know, and then it's like, oh, you know, this is the one that often many people, when they sit in the morning in their daily lives, like they go to sit and it's like after five minutes, the explosion of planning and I need to take care of stuff and the agitation of that just explodes you off the cushion. It's like, there's no way I can sit here with everything that needs to be done. That's why we close the door and ring the bell at the end. So allowing yourself to see it, to go, oh, look what's happening. The most useful thing I found for working with the planning mind is to feel the energy behind it. Feel the, uh, that jumpy, gotta take care of, that leaning into it. And the restless energy may feel challenging, but we can connect with it. It's our body. We can feel it. We can know it. Sometimes also it can help to just take a little bit more attention to the exhale. You know, we're all used to the idea that when you exhale, you relax. So sometimes if there's a lot of agitation of some sort, planning, just letting your attention rest more on the exhale. Take the inhale and then rest it on the exhale. And this can sometimes allow the energy to dissipate a little. Another one is to feel the ground. Let yourself really connect with the ground. Feel it beneath you. When you do your walking, really feel your feet in contact with the ground. Ah, yeah, the earth. Then there's the flip side of it, that if you made it through yesterday 
without feeling, then you are in a very small minority, which is tiredness. We almost always, at the beginning of a retreat, have a certain amount of what's sloth and torpor. And sloth is the physical, like the restlessness, there's a physical manifestation. Just the body is tired. And it just has this heavy feeling. And sometimes that's just straight, like I mentioned, exhausted, you know, just not enough sleep. And it's good to take care of that and to tend to it. And then there's also a quality of the mind, a stuporous quality of the mind, where we're just heavy, it might sometimes be spacey, it might be... And that is a challenging state of the mind because it's hard in that state to find the energy to meet it. It's like, if I could meet it, it wouldn't be here. So... There's a couple of things, and I will say, if you catch it sooner, that helps. Like if you feel yourself starting to go that way and can do a couple of the things. And the other thing is, what's the worst that's going to happen? You're going to fall asleep. That's it, you know, for most of us. It's not the end of the world. And sometimes that happens and then you come back around. But if you catch it, and want to meet it, the thing to do is to find something that brightens. So what brightens? Just simple breath. You can pay more attention to the inhale. Bring more energy into the body and mind. You can open your eyes and let some light in. And you could even practice with your eyes open in a very soft way, looking at the ground a couple feet in front of you. Another thing that helps in terms of just the physical things you can do is to stand up. And I love this one because to stand up when we're tired takes a sort of like this real surge of commitment to our practice. It takes a real like, I am committed, I'm going to do this period of meditation and I'm going to stand up and really let my body have a little more energy. Sometimes, so you don't need to be, it's, I actually feel like people standing up is a wonderful support to the Sangha. It really expresses a kind of commitment. So don't hesitate to do that, standing up. I have been in, um, maybe if it's hot again today, it might be that way. But after lunch, you know, you look around, about half the people are standing up. And it's lovely. It's like, yeah, we're in here together, committed. The other aspect of this, especially the torporous mind, is bringing interest in the form of seeing if what's happened is you've gotten kind of torporous because you aren't interested in anything. Like finding, am I, have I just sort of lost interest? Is there some way I could brighten? Like paying more close attention to my breath. Or noticing how a sound comes 
and then it's gone. And what is the silence like when there's no sound? What's the sensation in my body and how big is it? And what is, how far does it extend? For those of you who are struggling with uh, physical discomfort, one of the positive side effects of physical discomfort is there's always something that we can pay attention to that will keep us awake. So if you have a limited amount of physical discomfort, at times you can turn towards that and go, okay, what is that about? What is that? the flavor of that. And then noticing where it's not and sort of the strong sensation in the body. It doesn't have to be pain, but strong sensation in the body. So those are a few ideas about that dynamic between the restless side and then the tired side, the stuporous side. And then the last one that I want to mention is... um, a little more challenging, it's doubt. And this can be self-doubt, like, I can't do this. Could be very simple, I don't know what I was thinking. Why is this a good idea? This is not helpful, you know. And it can be like, they don't know what they're talking about. Or, you know, these teachings, they might be useful for somebody else, but they're not good for me. Or maybe some other time. Or just, I'm too tired to do this. All sorts of different versions of it. And the tricky thing about doubt is because it's produced by our own mind, it knows exactly where our weakness is. Nobody can sow doubt in our own minds like ourselves. So one of the tricky things about doubt is we're seldom, our instinct is trying to talk ourselves out of it. You know, like, no, no, it's okay. I can, I'm going to try to do this. And it really doesn't help very much to get involved in a mental twist around it. It's very seldom, you can't really talk yourself out of doubt. What you can do is come back to the simplicity of the practice and kind of just wait it out. So it just come back to the breath, come back to your feet walking. If you're in a place of doubt, I really encourage you to just follow the schedule meticulously and just trust over time that that surge, uh, it's just a surge of mental activity. Sometimes it carries old familiar patterns with us. And so that can be useful to look at it and go, oh yeah, look. You know, when I get into something that is challenging for me, I start to think I can't do it. Huh, this is not the only time that's happened. Or, you know, if I get uncomfortable, might notice if my body becomes uncomfortable, then I start to doubt myself or doubt the whole situation. So you might see a pattern do it, but then just come back and keep it very simple. So all of these challenges, and just to let you know, those of you not familiar with it, the list is sometimes spoken of as the hindrances. I don't particularly like that name because they're challenges, but when we turn and face them, then they're just part of what's happening. They're not a problem. They're just, oh, this is what's arising now. How do I meet this moment? How do I get curious here?
So they may or may not arise. They may arise individually or in a multiple hindrance attack, as we call it. But most of the time, in between these other arisings, what, what we're doing is just resting here as best we can, being present with what's happening. And as we invited you yesterday, over the course of the day, you can use your breath as a place to keep coming back to the present moment, the breath in the body. And we'll be working with this a little bit more this morning. Coming back to the breath in the body and then allowing other things to come in. If something else becomes predominant, perhaps there's sounds that come in and you hear sounds, then you just go, oh yeah, the sounds, sounds, feel them, know them. Sensation in the body arises. Sensation in the body here. Big emotion comes. Hmm. Interesting, big emotion. Ah, now back to my breath. Just feeling the breath. So the breath becomes home, and then when other things come in that demand our attention, we turn our attention, we let them arise, and then as they dissipate, we just settle back in. And as time, um, as our practice settles, we may find at times that the way we come back to the breath or back to our body is just very gentle, very simple, without any kind of pushing anything away, just coming back to the breath and feeling the simplicity and the contentment of that to whatever degree it's available in that moment. So what I'd like us to do this morning, we'll again begin with a lying down meditation that will move then to an upright one. And we'll be doing, exploring the sensation of breathing in the body as a support for this coming home. So go ahead and settle into whatever posture you would like to begin with this morning. As we settle in this morning to exploring the body once again, I want to read you a little excerpt from a poem by Kabir. Inside this clay jug, there are canyons and pine mountains. And the maker of canyons and pine mountains. All seven oceans are inside and hundreds of millions of stars and the music that comes from the strings that no one touches, and the source of all water. If you want the truth, I will tell you the truth. Friend, listen, the beloved whom I love 
is inside. So allowing yourself to settle into the ground, feel the earth beneath you. And taking a quick scan through your body, noticing if there's any places of tension, feeling around the elbow, the shoulders. Feeling around the eyes, forehead. Letting the eyes settle back. Perhaps taking a couple of deeper breaths and on the exhale, softening more. And then allowing your attention to come to the breath in the area of the diaphragm, in that upper belly area. And without altering the breath, without changing it in any way, just begin to allow yourself to tune in to the sensation of breath. Feeling the movement of the inhale. The exhale. Perhaps noticing the beginning and the end of each. And begin to see if you can also feel this sensation of the breath 
deep inside, maybe towards the back of the belly. Just noticing what this sensation is like against the spine and against the broader area of the back there. Noticing perhaps that though it's not the first place your attention is drawn, that you can put your attention there and you can feel the movement of breath. Now allow yourself to take your attention over to the right side of this mid-abdomen area. The area we might describe as where the liver is. And notice the sensation of breath here. It might be slightly more subtle. And then allowing the attention to flow down a little lower on that right side. Sort of like around the hip. Noticing still the sensation of breath. And then let your attention go all the way down in the pelvis. Feeling first the center of the pelvis. Feeling the breath very low down in the abdomen. See if you can feel the breath first at the front And then feel the breath at the back, like the breath as it might impact the area of the sacrum and the tailbone. It'll start to be more subtle here, but you can begin to feel the ripple effects of the breath. More subtle still, feeling all the way down into the base, into the perineum area. Feeling a subtle movement of the breath. Feeling the breath now in the right hip. Now as we move further from the lungs and the diaphragm, the breath will tend to feel a little, it almost becomes more energetic, like the ripple of the movements. So don't look for something gross and you don't need to move the breath into that area. Just notice 
if you can feel the impact of the breath. And then begin to allow your attention to go down the right leg. And see if you can feel this energetic movement in the leg. There's some literal movement as well because our body is moving. Notice if you can feel it. How far down your leg, if you can feel it in your leg, can you feel some sense? Does it go all the way down? Just keep checking, being curious, not because it's supposed to or you have to get it right, but just being curious. What is the impact of breath on my leg? And then coming back up to the lower belly in the pelvis area. And again, feeling here, it's a little less subtle, a little less, you know, less subtle. You can feel it more clearly. And then begin to explore the left hip area, left groin. And then letting the attention move down into the left leg. Noticing where there's a sense of the breath and maybe where there's an absence of that. Just noticing. And then coming back again to the lower pelvis. And letting the attention now drift over to the left side. First in the area of the upper hip and then into the side of the abdomen. And then particularly in the back side We often spend less time attending to ourselves beyond the front layer. See if you can connect with the back right area. I'm sorry, the back left area. And then now allowing yourself to Let the sense of awareness be a little broader. So feeling the whole of the body from the waist down. Letting yourself feel the breath come in 
and notice if you can feel it in the abdomen, in the pelvis, even in the legs. Just this broad, relaxed sense of the breath in the lower half of the body. And then let this awareness move up into the lungs. Feeling first the front of the lungs, front of the chest. And then feeling the right side of the chest, feeling the breath from the inside. Feeling all the way up under the armpit. all the way up into the shoulder. And then feeling the breath in the back. There might be a slight pressure, pressure into the floor. And then come all the way up to the upper chest on the right side, the front, the back, the top of the shoulder. Just feeling the gentle movement of the inhale and the exhale. And then allow your attention to flow down the right arm. And then coming back to the middle of the upper chest, feeling the breath in the heart center region, front, back.
and then feeling the breath on the left side, first in the mid-chest region along the rib cage. in the mid-back, and then coming up to the upper left area under the armpit, the scalpula, and all the way up to the whole upper shoulder area. You might notice as you breathe into this area, the shoulder naturally relaxes to allow more space for the breath. Feeling it in the front and the back and under the collarbone. And then letting this awareness of breath flow all the way down as far as you can feel it down the left arm. Now letting your attention once again get more broad and open and allow yourself to feel the breath in the whole of the body from the neck down. Sensing the whole body as this breathing, moving, inhale, exhale, And allow this sense of the breath now to even come up and include your head. Feeling the breath, it does come in through the sinuses and fills all the cavities. And imagine it that you can even feel it all the way through into the middle of your head. The brain too is breathing and certainly energetically. You may not feel it as directly, but just have this sense of including the head in this full breathing body. Maybe noticing it in the face muscles.
letting your attention continue to rest in the flow of the breath in the whole body. Perhaps sometimes some areas will be more clear. Sometimes it may be just a gentle sense of the movement, like a wave coming through. Notice for yourself, what is your experience of the breath? We'd like to invite you now, slowly, staying connected with your body and breath, to come back to the upright sitting posture. If you're very alert and you feel it would be supportive to stay laying down, you can do that. But for most of us, we need the support of the upright posture. So reconnecting with the ground. Reconnecting with your breath. Letting yourself come to rest in this home. 
the home of your body and the breath that enlivens it. Resting here. And when things arise that pull you away, something happens that needs to be attended to because it's loud and clear, then turn and attend to that, whatever disturbs. And then when that has passed, allow yourself to come back to this resting. Rest in the natural peace and ease of the mind and body. Attend only to that which disturbs the natural peace and ease. And when that has passed, come back to the natural peace and ease of the mind and body.
So as you practice today, allow your practice to be as simple as possible, allowing your attention to just rest in the breath, in the body. And then when things come up, attend to that, not like something has gone wrong. Turn towards it, be interested. And then when nothing's happening, Just come back. Sometimes people say that when nothing's happening, what they notice is they feel bored. Well, the thing I love about boredom is that it's just a hair's breadth away from contentment. Boredom is nothing happening with aversion to that, wanting something to happen, aversion to the stillness. Contentment, is not much happening, but being comfortable and enjoying it. So see if you can turn your attention at times to the fact that not much is happening, just the simplicity of breath and silence. And enjoy that. Let yourself settle into it. And then when it's rambunctious, in one way or another, be interested in that. And when it's past, let it go and come back. Enjoy your day of practice. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.